MLS Aces Podcast, episode 242. We are back. This is your host, Tom Sweezy, and I am joined by another very special guest this week, Kevin Lopez. You have seen his rants about Argentina, about sporting Kansas City, all over Twitch, all over Twitter. Um, Kevin, thanks for joining me. It's nice to have you on for the first time. Thank you. It feels great to be on. I've known you from afar. It's always <laughs> nice to finally meet up, but thank you for having me. I'm excited. There's a lot to talk about so i don't know how we're going to cover it all but uh i'm excited hey we'll, we'll do our best i usually like to get sidetracked not on purpose just to happens um <laughs> but i do want to start off by talking about you because i feel like at least in my world right like you said we've known each other from afar over social media and everything like that for the past year or so um I really got you know introduced to you this year and and just laughing at your rant at Sporting Kansas City. I maybe the unfortunate season from Sporting Kansas City set things up um, yeah. um, for me to be introduced to you, but I I enjoy watching your content, man. So I want to just kind of hear a little bit more about the history of you, how you got started with it, and and where you are today, and kind of what the plan is for the future. Yeah, well, it's kind of a weird story. So like I've been on YouTube for. Set, uh, over seven years now oh. and about seven years ago i just made a channel because i'm interested in film yeah. uh, i just want to learn how to edit so i'm like you know what i'm just gonna mess around on youtube so the that channel has been changing a lot it used to be gaming contents you know and then it turned into what i really care about is um uh, like documentaries so i jumped into like true crime but anyways fast forward five years or so four or five years um Copa America was coming around and I was thinking about doing like streams, kind of like a watch along stream to it, but it wouldn't make sense on that channel. So I was like, you know what? I'll just make a side channel, a little, you know, a little footy channel. And um, luckily that Copa America went well. So it was like first good tournament for Argentina in like 20 <laughs> years or whatever. Uh, so I loved it. And then when it was over, it kind of just felt like, damn, all right, well now I'm going back to this true crime stuff. And then maybe like, I don't know. I don't four or five months later, I started uh, I had an idea about breaking down Major League Soccer as an organization and soccer in the U.S. Uh, I've had some some gripes about it since I was younger on its, you know, pay to play system and all the things that it kind of missed out yeah. on for a long time. So then I was like, OK, while I was making it, uh, I just asked my buddy Miguel, hey, I need I want some B-roll. And since I'm a sporting fan can I get like, can you guys send me over to like a sporting YouTuber so I can kind of get the reactions, whatever, just B roll. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, there, there isn't any. So <laughs> sorry. I'm like, what the hell? So I finished the video and that kind of bothered me. I'm like, why don't we're like one of the blue bloods or like an older team. You would think we would have some, some idiot screaming about games. So I sat on the idea and then uh, I think ha halfway through the season last year, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to start up a channel, see where it takes me. And we weren't even playing that bad. We were just, we weren't looking good. And it just got worse and worse and worse. Yeah. It finished okay. But uh, yeah, after that, it's been like a whole roller coaster ride of streams, joining communities. I've never even cared about the US national team, but now I'm surrounded by MLS people. So I have to be uh, exactly. paying attention. So yeah, it's been a really weird nine months or so. But um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Look, I, 
I appreciate what like kind of everyone brings to in, in their own right, in their own circle to to U.S. soccer content, U.S. soccer, just conversation, because I think for a long time it was lacking, whether it's you're looking at the club level, the national team level, league perspectives, whatever it may be. So I appreciate what you bring to Major League Soccer content. I appreciate what you bring to Sporting Kansas City content, to NWSL content, to the Argentine national team. Um, I mean, I also want to say congratulations to Argentina. That was an insane tournament. I think you had the entire world rooting for you guys, just mainly because of Messi. I was rooting yeah. for you guys because of Messi. <laughs> How does that feel? Oh, my God. Uh, I've Man, I, every time I talk about this, it seems so, like, cliche, but it's like, <laughs> I don't even know how to explain this feeling. It's like, especially if we didn't lose a World Cup final in 2014, it, this would still be special, but it's just even more special, yeah. especially like you just said for Messi. Uh, I'm a, I'm more of a nation over club forever, but Messi was this guy that you're just like, I don't even care if he played for some, I don't know, uh, Spain or I don't Moldova. I don't care who he played for. I would want him to, to win a world cup or get that title and to have him be from Argentina, which is a huge W for me. Yeah. Uh, and we, go to a final i mean it's been a weird like 18 months it was you beat brazil the champions of of america at the time uh in brazil then we went on to beat italy the champions of europe and then we beat france the champions of the world in like 18 or 19 months or whatever it was it's just like on i i can't even believe it so now i've been saying this whole time since this weight that i've had for my 24 years of living is off my shoulders I'm just vibing now. I'm like, you know what? If my <laughs> clubs suck, they suck. Uh, the next Copa America, USA win it. Uh, 2026, I don't care who wins. Have a good time. Messi yeah. got it. I can relax now. But, yeah, it's a crazy feeling. You know, I kind of understand how you feel. Um, I'm I'm a New Yorker, born and bred, right? I'm a Mets fan, Jets fan, Knicks fan, New York City FC. Let's go. Um, so until – 2021 when, when NYCFC won MLS Cup I hadn't seen the title so yeah. I understand how you feel and like once Alexander Kynes put away that PK for NYCFC to win MLS Cup over Portland like it was just like a deep breath I could take it was just like I finally saw one like let's just chill like we're good now I don't have to be the the butt of jokes and, and oh yeah I, I love it. I, I absolutely love it. So I can understand how you're feeling. And yeah, and, New Yorkers yeah. feel it. My my dad's <laughs> from New York, right? And right. my wife is too. And they're my dad's a huge Yankees fan. And that's like a team where it's like you expect them to be to win and do well, but they haven't won since like oh yeah. nine. So it just feels like, bro, yo, like we're supposed to be good. Like, can we win one? Knicks they haven't won for a very long time, but it, it's the same vibe. It's just a lot of pain. So yeah, you guys get it maybe more than anyone, or maybe like Buffalo fans or whatever. They've been in so many finals and they lost. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, you get the vibes. We also do it to ourselves, right? We we, we yeah. have a little New York arrogance <laughs> for uh, sure. But let's let let's dive into obviously a team you you make content about sporting kansas city i have one fan question that i want to uh ask you about with mls gone wild asking this one so kind of he asked where does agata and tommy rank amongst 2021 mls transfers and kind of your view of maybe what they can bring to 2022 god you know tommy's been great willie same i think willie just was just was insane when he jumped in it was like this this unnamed guy no one's ever heard of him coming out I of like hated the move i hated the move. really okay yeah, yeah it, it was like 
where did he come from? Like the Israeli yeah, league or something Israeli like that. Right, yeah. yeah, and I'm like, what what is this? Peter's on one again. Like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and then he came in like two games in the coolest guy, super chill, really funny. Then he's banging goals. I th- I will say like the first week, I think he, it was the U S open cup and we lost to um, Sacramento. And he yeah. was the one that he did a backflip after making a penalty, which yeah. bothered me so much. I'm like, bro, we didn't win. You know, like that's, <laughs> that pissed me off so bad. But ap- even after that, he just started scoring goals. I think there's yeah. some stupid stat about like, as long as he's been playing, like for the most part, we won. It was like in from a team that we were almost dead last. We're losing every game. He's been great, and Tommy was that other piece that we we were missing. We just needed an aggressive ass player, and he came in like, bro, everybody push up. We're way too deep. We're looking slow. I, I, they're they're up there with with when they came in in January, whenever or not January, halfway through the season. I don't think uh, maybe they're top. I'm going to say this. I'm a little biased, but I think they were the top uh, signings, like le- late signings uh, for a club, just how they flipped the whole team around. I mean, I can agree with that, right? Tommy brought the energy in that midfield that was that was desperately needing it. And Agata, like I said, initially I hated it. Not hated it in the sense of like this is going to be awful, but it was just kind of like how you said with, with Peter, just like is this another one of Peter's like kind of out of nowhere transfers? But for a team that needed a striker, Agata brought that. He scored. I think once he got kind of used to run of playing what Major League Soccer was bringing, I think 2023 could be a, pr- a pretty big year for Willie Agata. I-, I think he could kind of get in that mix a little bit, especially if you still have Shadowy and-, and Johnny Russell feeding him constantly. So I like the moves now in retrospect. And, you know, obviously you can look back and, and look like an idiot on, on all your takes. But, I mean, sure. it-, it is what it is. I think Sporting Kansas City – are going to ride some of these players getting used to things and heading into 2022. I mean, I have I have some high hopes for them. Maybe not top of the West, but I think playoff playoff team for sure. Yeah, I think playoff for sure. The only thing I would say is without having Alan in, I mean, he hasn't played a lot, but Polito yeah. has that, he's got that star power about him that you would think if he can, we can introduce him with the lineup that we had at towards the end of the season. Yeah, we were hopefully playoffs. Like that's hopefully. all I care about right now. I don't care who's top. Just get us in the playoffs, and so I can at least stream my own team during playoff <laughs> time. Well, MLS Gun Wild also wanted to know a little bit more about you and your love for sporting Kansas City, where that came from, and possibly your favorite SKC player of all time. Mm, okay, well, okay. So I moved to Kansas pretty young. Uh, so I grew up in Kansas uh, most of my life, and just being from here. MLS clubs closest to me is sporting like 2011, 2012, when they did the rebrand and then eventually got the new stadium. uh, I just thought even my older brothers, we were like, look, this is going to be the closest we can get to uh, not like a South American game, but just go to a professional game. And uh, then 2013, we went to the cup final and my brother surprised me with tickets to the final. It was there at children's mercy uh, penalties with a, RSL. It was like one of the greatest for me. It was like an epic final yeah. for like a non, you know, huge European team yeah. or whatever. But uh, ever since then, I've been sporting all the way. Even I'm going to say, I'm going to be pretty honest. After a year or two after that, I kind of went away from catching up with MLS. I start kind of stopped watching only because there was a weird uh, 
for me, a weird vibe with fans. There were some people that were, you got like Euro snobs and you got MLS snobs. And I, I'm not like a Euro snob, but it was just like, I, some of the things I was hearing from MLS world, I was, I didn't really like, so I yeah. got away with it. And then finally, now that I'm back in it, uh, it, my whole idea about the league completely changed from the fans to the players to, uh, how well it's grown and all that stuff. It's like a completely different world, but yeah. And then ever since then, I think I've had the same taste in my mouth for RSL and RSL fans, um, <laughs> a little bias towards them and, and now we got like St. Louis is coming in. So that's going to be fun to see. That should be our rival. We'll, we'll see if it actually will be. But yeah, I'm excited. I think uh, the only thing I will add is uh, I'm almost fighting Euro snobs now. And that's, I think I finally woke up from whatever position I was in. Now knowing that I'm like yeah. defending MLS, I think, oh shit. All right. I guess I'm MLS guy now or whatever. <laughs> no, right. Like that's actually a very interesting point. It's like finding the balance between like you're pro MLS, but you're also like pro Europe. Like, right. Like yeah. it, it's a weird, like we can have players play in MLS and be successful and MLS is a good league, but you also can understand like you want to see players transfer to Europe and play there. And that is a higher level, but like yeah. you can be pro both. People yes. don't. And that's, I mean, you can be pro both about a lot of things in this world that people yes. don't, people don't understand. But um, I mean, it, that's a very interesting point that I feel like I feel content creators have to kind of balance a little bit when when, when talking about these kinds of things around U.S. soccer. Um, Kevin, I'm going to do one final listener question and then we'll dive yeah. into, into the big news of the day. Okay. But um, on Twitter at I'm I'm Hoffin 11, um, he said, "Do you have any suggestions for someone who would want to start their own watch?" long channel or i mean i guess we can open that up to anyone who also wants to just maybe do content creation around something that they love yeah i think uh i'm pretty new on watch along specifically like i've i've done it for nine months from nine months i've learned i would say my top advice would be okay a few advices here um <laughs> tip number one pick a name that won't get you in trouble. I'm not gonna get it in. I'm not going into the weeds. Just pick a good name and make sure you won't get in trouble with it. Tip number two, uh, I would say just no matter what the hardware, whatever you got going on, just just start streaming and then you'll kind of learn from there. I, when yeah. I started, I was like, bro, this is not the level that I think I could be stream wise and and stuff. And uh, then after, I don't know. Uh, a month or two, I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm cool with, I'm cool with not being the best streamer in this space right now. I'm just gonna try to get better, and then you'll start learning. Okay, maybe my hardware is gonna be better here, or my, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna I can run these apps at the same time or whatever. Just I would just say start. And yeah. another thing I would add is just uh, this is kind of a, an obvious, but I still have trouble dealing with it. Kind of tip is uh. You don't have to win every battle. And once you become like content creator, thankfully I've learned this in the last six, seven years on the other channel and I'm still struggling with it now. Uh, you don't have to answer back to everyone that even you got the bad comments, the hate comments or whatever. There are some fights that I'm just like, bro, you sound wild. So I have to respond, but I would recommend just don't respond. Yeah. I would recommend, I'm not saying I'm good at it, but that's, those are the tips that I would kind of tell anyone who's getting into content creating in general. I mean, I can agree with that. I definitely felt early on when I was doing the podcast or even just having a, a, a Twitter, right? Like, and, and talking about MLS every day. Um, 
there's going to be people out there who just want to get a response and maybe don't have the best intentions. You don't have to. If you want to go down that rabbit hole, you're going to go down the rabbit hole. But um, definitely, definitely some some negative stuff, some negative people out there. And if we want to talk about negative people, we can dive into the big news of today. The uh, Greg Berhalter drama, um, again, post post World Cup. So obviously a few weeks back on this podcast and plenty of other podcasts and everything like that, the conversations around the whole Greg Berhalter, Gio Rania stuff broke down. Things calmed down. We're waiting to see who's the next manager of the USMNT. Um, but I think yesterday, major news dropping from Greg Berhalter himself releasing a statement that pretty much someone from outside of the USSF was blackmailing Greg Berhalter with information trying to end his time um, as manager and his relationship with the U.S. men's national team. Um, Greg openly admitted to this in in his Twitter statement, like I said, and the USSF responded saying that they're going to be investigating this and looking into this, that there was someone from outside of the organization doing some some nasty stuff to people inside of the organization. In Greg's statement, he pretty much, you know, owned up to the alleged information that was going to be used against them in blackmail that about 30 plus years ago, when he was in college dating his now wife, um, during a heated argument, he he kicked her and you know, he was regretful of all of that. And um, definitely, definitely some some negative connotations there. But 30 plus years ago, they worked through things. Obviously, they have a family and marriage, kids, all of that stuff now. Um, the USSF, like I said, is now in this interesting kind of world. We're going to potentially get more information tomorrow, meaning today and, and all that stuff. Today, information drops that the person who was blackmailing or who was trying to use information against Greg Berhalter is former USMNT legend and current father of current USMNT winger, Gio Reina, Claudio Reina. Um, I mean, it, absolutely just wild stuff that a legend of the national team is the one who was reportedly leaking information to the USSF against his former teammate, former friend, someone who he played in two World Cups with, someone who he was a teammate of in college, in club. Um, there's a lot of layers to this, but pretty much what I want to start off with is this is just peak Little League baseball, parents <laughs> coming from the sideline at the coach and at the umpire that their kid's not playing and not playing right, right because the yeah. coach is doing wrong. That's how I initially took it, but how did you initially take the news today? No, I've... I could not believe first. Yeah. The, the, the statement that came out on Greg's like burner account because he didn't have Twitter. So he made a new Twitter or whatever that was. I just thought it was fake. I'm like, this is not real. Like this is some, some dude acting like he's great. I've seen a thousand Greg's every day, you know? Uh, And even the font was sus. Look, as a, I'm not a graphic designer god, but my god, what is what is going on with the font? That was bothering me. I'm like, okay, this is fake. Well, that turns out it's not fake. Then we go into, all right, who would do this? Because it just seems horrible for Greg's wife. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, of course, she's going to have to deal with this mentally and him as well. And then you hear that the rumors yesterday, I'm sure you saw them, were like, it's someone on you, like somebody seriously yeah. connected to the U.S. team. And now we found out it's, you know, Claudio. And I, I'm i just going to say this. I hope that there's going to be more information that comes out that would make more sense. But either way, it is just, it's horrible. Because, it again, like I said, it's bad for Greg and his wife. It has nothing to do 
with Gio in the World Cup. I'm I'm not a big fan of Greg. Again, like I said, I'm new into yeah. U.S. world. But uh, the way Greg handled the Gio situation, not good. Not going to lie. But blackmailing, if it is blackmailing, yes, not a good move, bro. Not yeah. a good move. <laughs> No, I mean exactly, right? This is all alleged blackmailing. I should I should have stated that and started with that. Alleged blackmailing. This is all reports coming out from ESPN FC and I think some further reports coming out from the Athletic as of right now. Um but it, it's it's not a great situation. Again, we talked about the Greg and Gio situation. Maybe he handled it right in benching Gio if Gio wasn't giving 100% um effort, but what Greg did post the World Cup and releasing information about that, not keeping the team's business in-house poor, right? We we can talk through that at this point. I think it's old news, and I think um, it's it's fine. It is what it is. I don't really give a shit anymore about yeah. that aspect yeah. of it. Um, you know, this is the aspect, though, now of if all of this stuff is true, if it was Claudio and his wife who released this information because they were unhappy with how Greg handled their son playing, like, it's embarrassing. It's a complete 180 of how U.S. soccer fans now are going to view Claudio Reina. Claudio Reina was a USMNT legend for, for yeah. you know, like, he he's played running a club right now. Exactly. He's he's a GM in Major League Soccer, which Bro. we'll see how Austin FC handles that one as well. If, you know, they do an investigation, and I'm sure they will of their own. Um, it's just, it's ugly. It's nasty. It's... I mean, what's going to happen with Greg now? So now I know he hasn't signed. Is this another reason that there there's some there's nothing going on right now, which makes sense. Same thing with with uh, Gio. Now, let's say Gio has nothing to do with this. Gio is like, Dad, Mom, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You know, he is never going to be looked the same way. People are going to be like, bro. Nepo baby, daddy got and mommy got upset yeah. because their little baby wasn't playing or whatever. We're all gonna look at it like, what the hell? And and let's hopefully, Geo, uh, what there's no shot he has to do anything with this. I just can't see it, but I couldn't imagine that Geo would tell his parents to leak something. What I've been seeing, and again, this is all like it's all this could be totally BS tomorrow, exactly. you know. Yeah. So, I, I've been seeing like. Well, it was a comment that the wife said to someone else, and then it came out. Well, maybe don't freaking say that. Your son plays for the national team, dog. So everything you say can come out. Yeah. You know, and and maybe they also know that they can defend themselves and say, Well, I didn't publicly state this. This was behind closed doors. This was in private. It's like, oh, not very slick, very sneaky. Or it could be the other way. It could be that and someone else is trying to make a story of it. It could be a thousand different things. All we know is doesn't look good for the national team, doesn't look good for Gio, and definitely does not look good for his parents. And yeah. if his dad wasn't running a damn team right now, uh, it would just be like just laughably bad and embarrassing. But he's now running a club. Yeah, I, Austin, bro, figure that out, please. Exactly. He's running a club inside of U.S. soccer, which is, <laughs> yes. which works with Major League Soccer, which right. is, it's 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 so just like there's so many levels to this. It, it's it's gross. It's weird. It's I don't even know the right words. The the one point that you said, though, that I want to go down really quick is, is, I guess, Gio's aspect in all of this. I don't think he had anything to do with it. I can agree with you on that. If he did, then that's even more mind blowing. But yeah. I don't think I don't think Gio was involved in, in any of this mess. But you know what hurts your son or hurts Gio Reina more than just he 
got sat by the head coach because he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do during training is potentially blackmailing the head coach and blackmailing USSF in order to get your son to play again. Gio may, I think this is a stretch and I can 100% admit this is a stretch. He may never play for the USMNT again. There's a chance there's a world where that exists if all of this stuff is true. We've seen USSF blackball players before. Gio could be the next name on that. He would probably be the most prominent name on that, but I don't know. There is a there's a lot to unfold here. I think over the next few days, we're going to see more and more come out. But it's absolutely wild that the U.S. men's national team can't focus on the soccer on the field. And we have to focus on just off field issues constantly. There's a level. There's so many levels. And now, in my opinion, I don't know what yours is, but my opinion yeah. is uh, Greg did what he needed to do for the team. Uh, there was some questionable stuff, whatever. We we got a good base now, young yeah. guys. Now let's get in a coach with, I want to say it doesn't have to be experienced, but just a, ne- a next level coach, bring them in. Uh, and that's going to be the cleanest way and hopefully the best way to get rid of this. Yeah. Gio might have a little stain on him, but um, yeah, what, what you said could be right. He might not play again. If, that, if, if it's a stern coach, uh, for some reason I have... Uh, ex-Peruvian coach, uh, Gareca in my brain. He would, ne- yes. I, mean, I don't know. He doesn't speak English, so it kind of sucks, but <laughs> uh, he's such a good coach, but he's also like a no-nonsense coach where it's yeah. like, I don't want some cloud hanging over me about someone else's parent. And you never know. Some coaches might be like, Gio, sorry, move on. But Gio's also playing in a top club in in Europe. You, exactly. you know, that kind of weighs out some things. Uh, it's going to be interesting. In my mind, this has to be the end for Greg. Unfortunately, it's sad. I don't support the blackmailing, but it's got to do so. I don't see the U.S. going, all right, let's, whatever they need to do to get this right, they figure that out and then re-sign them. That would blow my mind. Yeah, I mean, look, I didn't hate Greg as the manager of the U.S. men's national team, I think as certain people did online and you saw that heavily, right? I think he did a fine job. He won us two international trophies. We got out of a group stage. We got you know, dual nationals like Eunice Musa, Serginio Dest. He did fine. He did good. His record was pretty good at the same exact token. Yeah. Um, do I think we could take a step up from him as manager? Yes. And I think we shouldn't, and no one should judge Greg Berhalter as manager based off of this blackmailing information. Yeah. We should judge him based off the performances he had on the field with his team and everything like that. Obviously, the decisions he made with Geo and maybe some of this stuff does impact that. Um, I don't think and I don't want to see him continue as manager. Again, it has nothing to do with any of this stuff. It has just I think we're ready to take the next step. It's but time. Yeah, exactly. And he did, he did his job. Yes, it would have been a great way to go. All right, guys. Thank you, Greg. Contract ended. Did yeah. what you need to do. Move on. Of course, this comes up in the worst time, right when he needs to resign or figure exactly. things out. It's it sucks, and it also sucks for him as a just a coach. Like if he wants to coach an MLS team or what, it's like yeah, it's just not a good look for anyone. It, it just sucks. Well, I mean, do you have anything else you want to say on the situation before we before we advance past this? I will just say I am very interested to find out what else comes out in the next few days. But I hope, yeah. I really hope that this is not so misunderstood that we are attacking the Reinas. But I just don't see another way, even if it's just them just being dumb as hell and not yeah. realizing that they can't talk to certain people about certain subjects. 
Um, I, I hope it's not that, but in, in my, in my eyes, I really hope that we're not, you know, ex- spreading some dumb stuff. We have been very clear. We yeah. have no idea what's going on. So exactly. we'll find out in the next few days. Uh, I'm just curious on what the actual national team will do. We'll find yeah. out, I guess. No, exactly. And this is, again, this is all alleged stuff. If none of what we said and, and what the reporting coming out around this is true, then, you know, we all owe the Rainiers an apology at that point for for spreading stuff that isn't true. But again, this is what the reporting is telling us from trusted sources that we've, we've, we've looked upon in the past. So I guess it is what it is now. You know, I kind of hope for Greg and, and his wife stuff can calm down now, at least from a national point of view national media point of view um but let's let's advance forward a little bit i want to get your quick opinion from a report that tom bogart put out a few days ago about sporting kansas city he said that they were the mls club that was closest to signing now former free agent um ronaldo i i want to get your sporting kansas city um take on this one bro okay I was kind of getting some shit on. I posted a little clip on TikTok and some people were like losing their minds. Here's right. the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. There's two sides. One, it personally, like as a just thinking as a content creator, bro, this signing would be class. <laughs> I, the amount, bro, s- sign me up, million yeah. subscribers, baby. Let's go. <laughs> it would have been crazy. The amount of shit, even if there's drama. If he was bagging goals like crazy, it would have been if he awesome. Exactly. Oh, it, it would be awesome. Worked. The other side is I kind of like to support teams that uh, fight for trophies, that actually want to uh, progress as a club. Yeah. And in my mind, that wasn't what this the signing wasn't like, yo, we're getting a fucking nice Ronaldo, bro. Yeah. We're about to get a goal scorer. Maybe he would, but in my mind, it's, they're just trying to sell seats, tickets, the obvious stuff that any club in the world would try to do if they're not trying to seriously take their season on. And that's what kind of bothers me as a sporting fan. I get like a really bad taste. It's like, okay, sporting, are we actually trying to are we trying to win anything? Are we just trying to be the most popular club, you know, in M- MLS? And I'm going to say this as well. I was getting a lot of those uh ronaldo fanboy comments you know like bro your ronaldo was never coming to your club or bro you know how could you like i get all the comments like how could you support that you know shit league or whatever okay this shit league your dude was making negotiations over three weeks for this team that's wild okay that's not like we sent him an email and he was like maybe okay he sent his dudes you know so I would have loved him to come here on the other side where you would have those MLS haters, Euro snobs that are definitely out there. They would actually respect because now you're seeing respect on the Saudi league. Are you kidding me? I'm seeing people going, well, actually, unironically saying it, it's actually a solid, it's strong league. You know, it could be a good test for Ronaldo. I'm like, Wait, are you shitting you me? Mean, you mean the South African league? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't even freaking watch the games here. I don't, okay. All right. Why don't I get into the Saudi league right now? But uh, my my feeling is I have my disagreements with the club. Yeah. There's some things that I'm like, dog, it's getting really hard to support you, bro. But yeah. I'm going to continue. It's just that thing where it's like an obvious... I'm gonna say cash grab. I don't. I don't care what anyone thinks. Um, but the major league soccer uh, world as a whole, I think, would have benefited just like if Leo comes here or 
a lot of big name players. We'll still get the retirement league side, but we'll, we'll also have, you know, fucking Ronaldo here and or Messi <laughs> here or whatever. But um, yeah, it's it's wild. Out of all cities, Kansas City. No, no offense, Kansas City, but what? Like, come <laughs> on, bro. No, I mean, that's kind of what I took of it, right? Like if Ronaldo came, Leo comes, um, you know, even like Giroud comes, right? Like those are all yes. big things. You're going to get the MLS Retirement League slander with it. Is it fair? Probably kind of. Is it a cash grab? Yeah, it is. But when I look at like what like they can bring to the markets, what David Beckham brought when he came, what Zlatan brought when he came and, and so on and so on, it, it would help the league in general, give more notoriety to it, whatever it may be. And, you know, I'm sure uh, a Messi, a Ronaldo, whoever comes, they're going to get their deals on the side and, and just like Bale's probably getting out in LA and, and all of that stuff as well. So would it have been a plus? Yes. Would I have paid so much money to see Peter Vermees and Ronaldo on the same sideline. A hundred percent. That was the one thing that I know I've seen it all around Twitter, but like, I would, I would love to see that. And like an open cup final, like Peter Vermees arguing with Ronaldo, like some, some type of dumb stuff like that, because of course, like that's just how major league soccer plays out. Oh yeah. Um, but he's off to the Saudi league, right? We were now we're even less and less getting the messy connection. So it is what yeah. it is. You, you can get excited online for a little bit until it actually happens. That's what I always tell people. Until I the know. league or the club announces it, don't don't get too excited. Um, yeah. But let's move on. There's three teams that I really want to kind of chat about, quickly chat about. You know, yeah. don't have to get super deep with it, but it's Atlanta, it's NYCFC, and it's LA. Obviously, people listening to this are probably like, of course it's those teams, but we're, we're <laughs> going to talk about those teams. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's start with Atlanta United, though. They've been making a ton of moves lately. They've been trying to um, rebuild to, I think, former glory, obviously bringing in Garth Lagerway as kind of the head of soccer operations, pairing along with Carlos Bocanegra and kind of rebuilding that front office. Um, today, they announced the release of midfielder Emerson Hyman. They also loaned out Marcelino Moreno to uh, Cortibia. I probably mispronounced the shit out of that um, yeah, in yeah. Brazil uh, yeah. recalling Tyler Wolf um, from his loan in Belgium second division and obviously earlier this um, I think last week they signed goalkeeper free agent goalkeeper Quentin Westberg to back up Brad Guzan for the 2023 season you don't have to talk about any of those players in specific you can if you want but what are you making right now of Atlanta United's kind of rebuild this offseason I think you always or I always felt kind of bad for Atlanta only because they some people just hated them because they joined they joined the league and they just got that success. They, they were, were good. Yeah. <laughs> they were balling, dude. They had good coaches, good players, and everyone's like, God damn, they're playing in a sexy stadium. You know, like yeah. you're like, damn, this team and then it just like disappeared. Like yeah. coaches gone, players gone, and, and then like drama with other players. So I had this feeling for so for a while now. I'm like, damn, it kind of sucked. It sucked to be an Atlanta fan for, right now. But, but uh, the good positive side, unlike a lot of teams you see around the world, is when this happens, you see two sides. One side, a team doesn't really do much. They'll add maybe a player or two, and it's kind of you know just stays stale for a while. Yeah. Right now, it seems like good moves are happening. They need a refresh. They just need to like start from square one. Uh, we don't, or Atlanta doesn't need big names. Uh, they don't need, they just need like a solid 11. And now I feel like get the drama off. They, you know, releasing players maybe was a good thing. Even some players that were scoring some goals were causing yeah. other problems. Um, 
Yeah, I think Atlanta just needs the, all that hype and heat off of them for a while, and then they can slowly build in. It's kind of exciting. I, I, I like a good Atlanta team. It just brings more, I don't know, just more energy. It was kind of like boring when they were just not doing good for a while. No, um, yeah. But yeah, it looks good, I think. I've always said that, that like when Atlanta United's good, it's good for Major League Soccer. I feel the same way about the Galaxy out in the West. You know, you may yeah. not like them. You may not no. want to see them. Win, I definitely don't. Yeah. But when they're good and they're like the evil team doing well, you know, yeah. what? it makes maybe makes the league a little bit more interesting. Um, you know, I was I this is an open kind of Twitter thread that was out there. So I'm not reporting anything in private DMs, but. I sent a tweet out to, to Tom Bogert with all this information about like, you know, Heinemann getting released and they're clearing up cap space and all this stuff. And and Bogert put out that they're trying to also figure out the Joseph Martinez situation, right? Because that's a right. big deal. That's You're a big our player. He's most likely gone. Where is he going? He spends, he, he's a DP spot, all that stuff. And I said, it kind of sounds like they're lining up for a DP number nine or a new DP number nine. Tom said from the outside looking in, that sounds pretty right. It would be interesting to see the type of DP number nine that Garth Lagerwey is going to bring in for his first signing with Atlanta United. That's just one that has me excited. And um, I don't know. Lagerwey brought in Rui Diaz for Seattle. Maybe we get a Rui Diaz-esque striker for Atlanta, and, and that could be that could be sexy. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's all, all good moves, I think, like you said. Let's just uh, – I think main thing for Atlanta is – they cannot look even though they haven't been around very long but you cannot look in the past like bro we should be balling we should be going you know finishing first in our in our division or whatever they just need to like slowly build back up and yeah Yeah. i think they'll do it i don't know if they're gonna go to playoffs this year but uh they'll, they'll come back well, where Atlanta's looking a little positive, my team, NYCFC, I've talked about it enough this offseason, looking a little <laughs> negative in their major rebuild. Um, so in the in, since the last episode of me talking about NYCFC moves, they've sold Maxi Morales to his boyhood club of uh, Racing Club in Argentina. Um, my opinion, I'll just quickly say about Maxi, greatest NYCFC player ever. Bill I agree. Statue. He, he leads pretty much most – statistical categories and if he's not leading it he's like top three and that's that um so honestly build the statue when you get a new stadium make sure <laughs> make sure you have a nice five foot four statue <laughs> for real. um so love him i'm upset he's gone but you know he wants to go back to his boyhood club do it retire you know in, enjoy the rest of your career there um yeah. also transferring striker a bear to to seattle for around five hundred thousand, six hundred thousand in general allocation money um they claimed and re-signed attacker matias pellegrini so nice to see him come back after a solid few games with us last year and then today they announced the signing of um i'm gonna butcher this one too right back matija um ilenich from um the slovenian top division 18 year old kid he's played some slovenian youth soccer pretty pretty solid profile from everything that i've been reading and and hearing from some nycfc folks but i i always like to get outside point of views because i talk to a lot of nycfc guys obviously as like we chatted before i'm very pessimistic about all my sports teams um (laughs) what do you make of all of the signings well all of us i guess the players we've lost not signings all the players we've lost this offseason maxi gone kyan's most likely gone all this stuff going on with nycfc yeah, well, first I would say, like, after last season, when when you guys lose a coach yeah. and a big player, it's like like double punch in yeah. the gut. And you're like, okay. I, in my mind, I was like, oh, bro, NYCFC are going to tank. 
hard. Yeah. And it did for a little bit. A little bit. And then it started picking up again. And that really shocked me how far NYCFC went last season. Uh, I think it's starting to kind of change my mindset on it right now. Because again, just like you're saying, you guys keep losing these players. You're signing these guys, which is a good move. Thank God we're signing some dudes. We're getting stuff done. But um, I'm I'm not going to say that I think uh, – I, I don't think that they're going to be struggling next season. I, I don't think that. I know you're probably like, no, yes, we are. We're going to struggle really hard. But I, I'm because of how last season ended, losing Maxi's big, but he wasn't like the key structure. He wasn't messy for NYCFC. They've had – They've had some movement. I honestly think this season uh, it's going to be rough at the beginning and they're going to find their stride. I just I don't see them collapsing. I am shocked that Maxi went back to uh, Rassing, honestly, because I there are some players that want to go back home. Yeah. And it's usually players that left home very young, usually, not always, yeah. uh, played in Europe for a very long time. And they're like, bro, I want to go home. Uh, a lot of like MLS guys, from what I've he- heard, and especially watching like ESPN in Argentina, because uh, I actually heard it from them. I was like, "What the? Fuck? This guy's <laughs> leaving?" Okay, um, but it it was usually they're like, "I like the U.S. It's it's a vibe, yeah. you know." I I my family for the most part have moved here. We're staying here. New York, such a diverse place. Um, yeah, you you would think he would just stay, but there's just like that weird seed that you're just like. It would be a nice send off, maybe is what he was planning in his head yeah. uh, to go. I don't know his um, family situation on his kids or anything, but that could play a part. But, anyways, with NYCFC, I don't think it's D you know D Day for you guys or a bad season. <laughs> I thought last year, if it was going to happen, it was last season, especially how fast you started losing guys and yeah. um, and Tati was like the dude. And I agree with you, Maxi. For me now that I when I think NYCFC I think Maxi like which is yeah. weird I, I it, the, all the stars NYCFC has had uh, he is the guy for me he's just like he's been there he's been clutch he's like you said has all these numbers uh, they better build a statue or, or at least a bigger <laughs> banner or something I don't know <laughs> yeah I mean you know uh, just that banner I don't even want to get into that I think you can add that little banner in the corner of you. Of hey. your- you know what? Everyone's laughing now. I'm kind. I'm going to be honest. My wife, right before we started streaming, because yeah. she's from New York, she was like, "I'm getting. I only have sporting stuff." And uh, she's like, "You know what? I'm going to give you a NYCFC jersey because she's from the Bronx, and like that's okay. Bronx team, right?" Yeah. Uh, so she's like, "I'm going to get you this jersey." So for for a while before Austin fans got me their jersey, I didn't have any other jerseys, <laughs> and I kind of like NYCFC. It's a vibe. We're planning on eventually moving to New York. Okay. And look, I might go to some games, but especially when they announce the stadium, yeah, the 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 trash talk will end. The banner, it won't be a banner anymore. It'll no. be an, a beautiful, I don't know, something on a wall, just some something. Um, it's gonna be nice. I I'm excited for that. I know that's kind of like future news or whatever, but uh, and it's is it it next to City Field? Yeah, it's even... gonna be in Queens, literally right across the street from City Field. Which so is there you go. Beautiful. You know, trading. Yankees to to Mets, which is unfortunate, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's going to be a vibe, and finally we can end the baseball field conversation. I'm just, which I'm even sick of, and I'm not even a damn New York City fan. <laughs> uh, I'm just tired of seeing it. But 
No, I, anytime I'm on a, I'm a guest on someone else's podcast or show or anything like that, it's always the conversation about Yankee Stadium, and I always say the same thing. I hate it. Yes, I agree. No option. It's tough finding land in New York City. Like it's the same conversation, but yeah, it's, over it's and over, a true conversation. Yeah. Um, but no, look, I I'm not completely pessimistic. Yes, it's upsetting seeing these guys who've been part of the team, who've been part of both of our trophies now in club history, um, leaving whether it's to enter MLS or, or going back home or, or whatever it may be. But um, City Football Group and and you know our club is always rebuilt in the right way. We've always found diamonds in the rough. We found an Alexander, not found him, but we brought him into Major League Soccer and Alexander Cayens and Maxi Morales, um, yeah. Atati Castellanos, right? Like we brought these guys into Major League Soccer. So I have faith in the front office that they're going to bring in talented players, and we have a young crop coming up through through the homegrowns as well. So. I'm not overly concerned. I just want to start seeing more player name coming in than, than leaving. That, that's For really sure. where, I, where I'm at. You're <laughs> leaking a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get that. Exactly, exactly. If And if we can't get um, Alexander Kyans in, I expected he wants to leave and, and be gone. I understand it, the money, all that fun stuff. At least let's, let's bring Sean Johnson back in. And yeah, that's all I'm hoping with with the club. And you said it before that. You know, you don't see a lot of players like leave Major League Soccer to go back to their home clubs, right? Because they there's U.S. is interesting. It's diverse in, in different areas and, and whatever it may be. It's yep. a lot of Argentinian players that want to go back home. Maxi, Ignacio yes. Piatti, um, uh, Valeri, right? Like all three yes. of them like that I can think of. Maybe maybe Argentina's got, got some love for, for its players. Dude, I think uh, and especially when they... Yeah, when they come back, it's like crazy. It's yeah. like insane. And usually I was thinking, oh, well, they're, here comes the comments that they're going to be like, well, how, did you have fun in Major League Soccer? Yeah. You know, whatever. But it's usually I don't hear that vibe. It's kind of nice to see them come back and not get like crazy hate to, you know, for playing in MLS. And I think that's a more recent thing. And now players are just like, hey, I'm not getting crap. Let's let's go back home, especially if they, they have most of their family there. So I think it's kind of the obvious thing. But I know players, I've talked to a player uh, that said it, it was his dream to live here in general. You know, play okay. soccer was one thing and then live in the United States was a whole other thing. And yeah. they could do it at the same time. So, yeah, it just kind of depends on the person. Okay. I mean, I, I, I like hearing that. Let's bring more Argentinians to, to Major Let's League go. Soccer. They have a pretty good, pretty good history in this. Bro, league. if Sporting can sign one damn <laughs> Argentine, I, I am. This club is pissing me off. Every club <laughs> gets an Argentinian, they pop off, or yeah. they even get. I don't care. I would get a retired ass Argentinian. They still pop off, like Valeria or whoever. We can't sign one for the love <laughs> or lives. Like I just, it is the most annoying thing that I keep seeing. Damn clubs signing yeah. Argentinians, and we never do. But well, I don't know. Hey, you guys will just keep bringing back Grand Zeus, Roger Espinosa every single year. Right? <laughs> For real. That, just one more year. Fun. One more year. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's finish up this conversation. Let's talk about the reigning champs, LAFC, because they, they've made some noise over the past week, week and a half. Um, obviously, the biggest not official report out there, Tom Bogert said it's it's pretty much done. But again, like I said before, I, I wait until clubs and leagues announce it before I start confirming things. But Aaron Long has apparently made his decision, the, the big center back free agent signing to go out, play for Steve Trundolo and, and play for LAFC. They also bring in center back Daniel Maldonado on loan from Montigua in Honduras. Um, they also decide to go out and bring in a U22 international uh, youth, Croatian youth international winger, Stipe Diu. 
Luke from um, the Croatian top division. And all of this probably possible because they brought some more cash in transferring um, Latif Blessing, a former Sporting Kansas City legend of his own right, to, to New yeah. England for $400,000 in general allocation money. That potentially could go up to 700000 if certain incentives are hit. But LAFC, I mean, they're... They're, they're doing the damn thing and, and rebuilding that roster and, and, and trying to go back to back. I mean, a lot to talk about. I don't know if you want to talk, start with Aaron Long, but LAFC, I'll give you the same open question here of, of what are you thinking? Bro, What did it, this team got like 30 DPs and like a million dollars. It seems like I know that I know they're not doing anything shady, yes. hopefully, but it's just like it feels like that. I'm like, dog, you guys. <laughs> Why do you keep signing dudes? It feels like I don't I know they they sold they got money, but I'm like Jesus. And yeah. the other thing is I'm like I don't know what the record is with how many teams actually go back to back and win MLS. I don't think there's a lot of teams it's that not, done it. It's not often though. No. It's yeah, it's not often, but it feels like this team could do it. I thought I, to be totally honest to my LAFC family, I thought they were going to shit the bed hard yeah. in playoffs. They were looking like not good at no. all, and Bale didn't do shit. The dude was sitting on the. He scored a goal for against Sporting, and then literally benched the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I just I keep getting surprised. That club, and at the same time, LAFC surprised me, and so did NYCFC. I'm like, you guys are supposed to suck right now, and you're not sucking. And they went on to win it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Now again, with all these these guys coming in, young guys, veterans, uh. It seems like they could go back to back, at least conference finals all over again. But something it feels like, I don't know what your opinion is, just a general question, but it feels like there's going to be a lot more. Uh, I'm going to say new clubs with opportunity. I'm not saying like sporting, but I'm saying in general, like there's you guys are going to be pissed off from that. So there's going to be that Philly pissed off, obviously, they yeah. keep getting pissed off every yeah. year. Um, then you have like teams like Austin. I'm sure they're mad and they're, they look the same. I don't think they've done too many moves. Mm -hmm. Um, and then random teams that are always just a weird pain in the ass or they suck and they show up like a random teams like Orlando sporting can sometimes be a pain in the ass for some teams. RSL looks like hot garbage right now, in my opinion. And then, and they, go not, playoff run. And, and then they go on a playoff <laughs> run and kill everyone. Uh, yes. It's like you never know. So like this this league in general, you never know who's going to do well. But LAFC is one of those teams where I'm like, well, damn, their conference finals, I, I feel it again, at least. But who knows? We'll see. I'm interested. And there's going to be a new player. You know, when you add clubs, there's always yeah. like a shakeup. So now we have like a new club in St. Louis. So that's going to be a little weird um, because you always see like you have clubs that make it really close. I think it was like LAFC towards the end of the year. They were like losing a bunch of games like they were already set to move on. But if they sucked like a little bit earlier, then they might have been very close to moving on and making it. Yeah. Um, so you never know, like an added St. Louis could be a pain in the ass on a bad day. And LAFC could not even make the playoffs or something wild, you know, I don't know. <laughs> It's no, it's 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 the crazy state of Major League Soccer, and I think that's the fun thing about Major League Soccer, right? Is like any, and it's it sounds stupid, but it's like the NFL, right? Like any given Sunday, like, like you know, your team can be the one that, that that gets the W, even if it is an LAFC or it's a sorry Houston Dynamo fans, it's a Houston Dynamo <laughs> team. You know what I'm saying? For real, so yeah. It's it, 
there there seems to be a little bit of change here and to me at least right where it's like you have the teams that are you can pretty much pencil them into to being a playoff you can see them in a conference final you can see them in mls cup but there are teams that are focused on ccl i think like lafc i think seattle i think uh in new york city fc um probably I think that's a, that's a point that Atlanta wants to be at, but Philly, obviously, you know, I, I think that there's these teams that are like, yeah, we know, like we, we have the formula for winning MLS. Like we know how to do it. Like we may not win every year, but like we know how to get trophies, whatever it may be. They want to focus on, on CCL and kind of that global, that, that, that global appearance. And, and that's kind of where I feel like LAFC is like, you secure Aaron Long because you want to go on a CCL run. You secure yep. all these attacking depth pieces, whether it's youth, whether it's veterans, because you want to go on a CCL run and have these players available for for just kind of doing the thing that you know how to do in Major League Soccer, regular yep. season play and all of that. So, I mean, people hate it. You know, front offices, I'm sure, around the league hate it too. Right. But like LAFC, they're one of the few teams that have the formula of, of how to do the damn thing. Plus, on top of that, they're just like they got the most perfect location. Yeah. That's why Galaxy was no. like no. gods for forever. Uh, everyone wants to be there, no yeah. matter who you are. You want to live there. Um, you could pull all the stars you want. They have like freaking Will Farrow's like like part owner or whatever the hell he is. On, yeah. You know, it's just like crazy stuff like that where it's hard for other clubs to compete with that. And you only have a set. You just named like a set few. New York has that pull, LA has the pull, and then you sprinkle in a few here and there. But uh, yeah, they could be unstoppable, especially like, I don't know, Dynasty, but it, it would be like impossible to say that they're going to suck forever. Uh, yeah. They just have that pull that they can just grab these retired guys. That's where I would expect a Ronaldo. That's like a perfect club in my brain for a <laughs> Ronaldo. Are you kidding me? Just bring him to LA, bro. Like, this is a, they would, oh my God, they would freak out, you know? But, I don't know. That is going to be the big watch for me is how well are they going to play with these changes, adding everyone, a lot of people, pretty much the whole league is going to be rooting against them, obviously, when you become champion. But uh, especially being that team where it feels like you got 30 DPs and $300 million, you know. 100%, 100%, right? It's it's going to be the team that, you know, extra time and myself included and all these podcasts talk about because they're good. And guess what? Like, sucks to suck if you're not good. Yeah. Um, Kevin, I don't want to take up too much of your time, man. I want to thank you for coming on. I want to obviously give you the opportunity to plug yourself, plug social media, Twitch, YouTube, whatever you got going on. Plug, plug it all, man. For sure. Um, I got to remember, I have had to make some changes. So um, if, you're, <laughs> if you're a TikTok person at the moment... It's just Kevin Show Reacts. It's just Kevin CHO underscore reacts. Uh, Twitter, Kevin Show underscore TV. And then on YouTube, Kevin Show, I, I think by itself, or I, I think you have an at now on YouTube. It's yeah. Kevin Show underscore TV. So yeah. there I am. That's where I'm at. Love <laughs> but it, thank love you. It. Thank you for having me. No, of course. Great conversation. You're always welcome back. And um, I'm excited to watch some some of you just cheering about SKC, about Casey Kern and, and everything like that heading into 2023, man. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Talk to you later. See ya.